Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, it's been a pretty uh, sad 24 hours in Rugby League, obviously the passing of uh, Paul Green. Uh, devastating news, obviously the news broke yesterday afternoon and um, you know, like I normally do, I went to jump behind the microphone and I sort of thought, you know what, I I might just sit for you know 24 hours or, or so and just have a listen to what other people have to say. Obviously Paul Green... Um, you know, I was pretty young when he retired from his footy, and like, I remember him playing. I remember, you know, the old tapes watching him play for the Sharkies and stuff. But I sort of thought, you know what, I'd love to sit back and I'd love to listen to uh, the stories and everything that'll be told by the guys that took the field with him and the guys that spent a lot of time with him. And you know, I obviously got to experience the vast majority of, of his coaching career. Followed that very closely. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm very glad that I just sat on my hands for a couple of hours. Uh, obviously, I, I had no idea once again, but, um, you know, he was he obviously coached Kempi as well in reserve grade. So uh, I'm really looking forward to sitting down with Kempi on Monday and, um, you know, picking his brain uh, about Paul as well. I mean, we heard, I, I watched uh, the Matty John show last night and uh, the boys... You know, of the panel, three of the four had played with him, obviously. Uh, Gordy had played with him as the Broncos. Uh, Heine played with him at the Eels. And Fletch played with him at the Sydney Roosters. So uh, it was interesting to hear the boys talk about Paul Green and tell a couple of stories and a couple of things that really stood out for me that I had no idea about. And as I said, I'm really glad that I sat on my hands for a while because it allowed me to read and hear all these stories about Paul Green that I had no idea about. I think the one that stands out for me, um, I think it was Matty Johns and Fletch that told it last night, that... He was the first guy 
um, to bring the you know the the dump in the Gatorade on the head of the coach after the grand final to rugby league, and he actually set it up in the week leading up to it. He'd rang Gatorade and said, "Hey, we're going to do this like in American sports. How much money will you give us?" And I I, I think Fletch said that they got ten thousand dollars or something for it, and then it became like an iconic thing moving forward. And then of course, um, what would it have been fifteen years later, fifteen odd years later? Of course, he gets it dumped on him as the winning coach of the two thousand fifteen Cowboys side. So just Unbelievable stuff. These stories that you just never hear from what the boys were saying, a very blunt character even when he was playing. Obviously, when, when, when he was coaching, quite a blunt character. But even when they were playing, you know, he said that he'd always be very honest in change rooms after the game, very honest on the field with you. He'd point out what you need to improve at, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, some really good stories uh, that came out from the boys last night and that I've read over the last 24 hours. Obviously, uh, the Cronulla Sharks, they had a reunion last week that Paul Green was at. Uh, as we played a, a number of years at the Cronulla Sharks, and a lot of those players just reading the, the the social media posts and stuff that they put up. Um, yeah, just 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 a great character, Paul Green. And, you know, 49 years old, very, very scary stuff. And, you know, just on that note, I'm sure we're all aware of, you know, reportedly how it's all played out and everything. And once again, guys, if you are struggling out there, reach out to someone. If you, you know, re- re- reach out to a mate, send a text, make a call, whatever it might be, do, do what you have to do. And if you've got no mates or anything, no, you know, no, no close mates, family that you can reach out to, You've got my Instagram page, yeah? Send a message in. We can talk a bit of footy. We can have a laugh. Uh, you got to all take care of each other as much as, you know, on social media, we throw a bit of stick around and everything. You just, you never know what's going on with people, you know? So take care of each other. And if you need help, please do reach out. Uh, reach out through the closest avenues to you. And if you can't find those avenues, you know, send my page uh, a message and, and, and we can talk some footy, you know? But yeah, Paul Green. I'm just going to go through through his career because, once again, it is a career that, you know, I didn't realise how much he achieved, to be honest with you. I've sort of more so known him him throughout my life as um, the coach more so than the player. I remember, you know, obviously in in the 2000s, he didn't play a heap of rugby league. I think from 01 to 04, um, I think he played probably 30-odd first-grade games, had a lot of injuries, a lot of just got very unlucky in that period. But um, I was just reading through some of his numbers and listening to some of the stories, and I've sort of put it all onto a doc to sort of go through his career and, and just talk about some of the things that stood out for me. Um, he's playing for East up there in Brisbane. Uh, in 1993, he won the Rothmans Medal in Queensland, uh, which, you know, they're, they're player of the um, competition up there. So to win that, pretty damn good knock. Obviously, this is in 1993. Uh, it was going to come down to the New South Wales Rugby League, try his hand there. He came down with his coach, Johnny Lang, to the Sharks in 1994. And then... In 1995, he wins the, the the actual Rothmans medal in the NRL, or the ARL as it was called then, New South Wales Rugby League, whatever it was called at that period. So to go from the best player in Queensland Cup to essentially winning the equivalent of the Dalian medal in two years, such an incredible rise, especially when you look at him and, you know, he wasn't the fastest halfback. He wasn't the biggest halfback. In fact, he was one of the smaller halfbacks. To be able to come down and make that transition, just unbelievable. Um, and, and, you know, that, that, that's the first memory that I sort of had. Is when, when, whenever I think of him as a player, I always picture that's one of my favourite halves pairing. It's him and Mitch Healy, you know, two really small guys, but both tough as nails, reasonably quick as well. Uh, just two really entertaining guys, him and Mitch Healy. So to go from Rothman's medal, best player in Queensland Cup in 93, and then by 95 to have the Rothman's medal of the NRL, ARL, whatever it was, around your neck, uh, around your neck just... 
Fuck, it's impressive. Very impressive. He played 95 games for the Sharks uh, between 94 and 98. With a pretty, in, uh, pretty, pretty impressive click, 62% win rate. Then moved to the North Queensland Cowboys for season 99 and 2000. So obviously his time at the Sharks... Um, it's sort of split because he played Super League smack in the middle of. We know how much of a fucking shit fight that was. Obviously, the Sharkies, uh, they went on to feature in the grand final of the Super League against this stacked Brisbane Broncos team who Greeny would go on to play for later. Moves to the Cowboys, 99-2000, plays 35-odd games there. Then he moves to the Roosters, and uh, it, you know it's a fantastic time to be in the Chooks. They featured in the 2000 Grand Final. Greeny arrived in 2001, um, plays halfback for the vast majority of the season. Back end of that season, they start to shift Craig Wing into that role. Uh, but I think they lose the semi-final to the Newcastle Knights. I think they got slapped at Marathon Stadium. I think Joey put on an absolute show. Obviously, he went on to win the comp a couple of weeks later in 01. They return in the 02 preseason, and... I think it's sort of Craig Wing and Paul Green that are sort of fighting out for this seven jersey once again. Craig Wing being the new hot shot, uh, you know, coming into this team, very talented, very, very popular. Uh, and then you've got Paul Green, more, more so the experienced campaigner. And I believe Paul Green had won the jersey to start the season. The 0-2 season started with the Sydney Roosters taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And, of course, the Rabbitohs return to the NRL. So a pretty, pretty huge occasion there um, at the SFS. And he gets injured in that game, and it rules him out for the entire season. And that's how Craig Wing eventually uh, wins the seven jersey. And, you know, we all know how the 2002 season finishes. Um, they go on to win the premiership that year with Craig Wing at halfback. Uh, scores a brilliant try in the grand final. Runs a great short ball off Brad Fittler. Um, and, you know, I, I always look at guys like Ryan Cross and I look at Paul Green as well who were injured. I think Stephen Kearney might have been injured. That, so sorry, David Kidwell was also injured from that team as well. So you see them sort of in the photos and everything and you saw them walking around um, – the field the other day at the reunion and, you know, a tough pill to swallow for uh, Paul Green, who had obviously played a lot of first grade at that point, had done a lot, had played Origin, had played for the Kangaroos, had done it all, but didn't get to win that premiership because of that injury in round one. So, desperately unlucky there, um, but it, I thought it was interesting listening to Brian Fletcher talk last night. And he spoke about how we know, too, he was ruled out after game one. And, you know, Paul Green just took it upon himself to be the head of socials. You know, he would organize every event. They'd come off the they'd come off the field and he'd have it organized where they were going for beers, what they were doing. And, you know, just found a way to lead this team, even though he couldn't do it on the field, couldn't be a part of what was happening on the field. He made sure he took care of what he could off the field and just played his role. And, um, yeah, it was really good hearing Fletch tell that those stories about off the field, just how important uh, Paul Green was to this side. He then moves to the Parramatta Eels uh, for 2003, has a facial injury, only plays about seven games. Hindy talked about it last night on there. And then he moves to the Broncos in 2004. So three years in a row, he played with three different members of the panel of Matty Johns' show, uh, which is pretty crazy. Only played a handful of game at the Broncos there. Finishes NRL career with 162 NRL games. Fucking good knock. Ten origins. Three of them were in Super League in 97, and then three games for Australia in the Super League in 97 as well. So a Rothmans medal, 162 first-grade games. A couple of just terrible injuries at the back end of his end of his career. I mean... If you take away those injuries, he, he would have absolutely shit in to play 200 first-grade games, had a Rothmans medal. Pretty damn impressive for a guy who, you know, he could probably walk past Paul Green on the street and not even realise that he'd ever played rugby league, let, let alone played on the biggest stages and played for the Kangaroos, Queensland Maroons, won a Rothmans medal. Pretty fucking impressive. Incredible stuff. Then, of course, he went into coaching. Now... 
I don't know too much about the space between when he finished playing in the NRL and then he got to the Cowboys, but it sounds like he went up to the Wyndham Seagulls. And that's where I believe he actually coached Kempe as well. So I'm really interested to talk to Kempe. I believe they started that season pretty bang average. They weren't doing too well. Then he managed to turn them around. I believe they beat the Redcliffe Dolphins in the grand final there, and that sort of set Greeny up for a career in the NRL a couple of years later. He arrives at the Cowboys. They're a team with a squad that can win it. They'd got unlucky a couple of years. Do you remember that? period where the Cowboys just seemed to every single year get to the finals and something happened. There'd be a seven tackle. There'd be the hand of God. There'd just be something every single year, a forward pass. And I think it was a forward pass that in 2014, and you know, they, I think they were playing the Roosters. I think it was the SFS. I might have my locations and stuff wrong, but I know they lost 31 to 30 and it was controversial. Everyone was calling it you know, a, a robbery that they, that was bullshit. And, and and Matty Johns told it perfectly last night on his show. He said that he came into the press conference and all the media just sort of went, here we go. He's going to bitch and whine about this. He's going to have a sook. He's going to complain about the refs. This will be great for us. And he sort of said, look, we didn't come out of the gates properly tonight. We didn't play well enough at the start of the game to be competing in the back end. And could you, could you, like, could you imagine just... Is there a better way to pop a balloon like that that could have been a huge thing? I mean, could you imagine some of the coaches nowadays, if they knew that they were going to walk in there and the media was going to give them an excuse as to why they lost, they were taken in a heartbeat. But that's the sort of character Paul Green was. And, you know, it set them up. That was in 2014. They come back in 2015, and, and that's the attitude. No excuses. Fucking deal with it and get the job done. They come back in 2015, and it's a pretty shit start for the Cowboys. I think they lost their first three games of the season, and two of them were at home in North Queensland. So coming off a semi-final with a heap of hope, you got the best player in rugby league at that point, arguably Jonathan Thurston, uh, if not the best, top three. He was in incredible form at that, at that time. They lose their first three in a row. They then managed to turn it around, and it all sort of stabilizes. But... I think the other thing that people forget is that Cowboys side, I believe of their last six regular season games, only won two of them. So they weren't coming into that final series with a great record, and then all of a sudden, they just turn it on. Uh, Paul Green gets the very best out of every single player playing for the North Queensland Cowboys during that period. And then, of course, we get to the grand final, that unbelievable scene. I think it's the moment that I know I'll always remember Paul Green for celebrating after Thurston hit that field goal. Just... The best fucking scenes you could ever imagine. I remember where I was sitting. He was about 30 rows behind me. And I didn't get to see it live, him celebrating and everything. But it's something that whenever you see the replays, it is just etched into your memory. Um, those emotions. Obviously, you had Thurston on the field with all the boys. But then you you had the, the, those emotions that were up there in, in that grandstand. And it obviously came off the back of the Cowboys being very unlucky for a number of years before that. But I just thought that that story that Matty Johns told last night about the 2014 Cowboys losing in a controversial one that they were robbed in, that everyone said they were robbed in. He just came in and said, we weren't good enough for the entire game. We didn't start well enough to compete in that game. And just thought it really summed up the sort of guy that he was. Obviously, uh, left the Cowboys eventually. Um, and then last year, got the spot as the head coach of the Queensland Maroons. And look, I said from the moment Paul Graham was named that I, I thought he was a scapegoat. Obviously, 2020, uh, Wayne Bennett did an unbelievable job, job. Just did Mission Impossible to win it for the Queensland Maroons. And then... They came back the year after. New South Wales were absolutely stacked, and uh, he was given a really tough job. And I, I sort of always thought he was a bit of a scapegoat, to be honest with you. So 
I hate the fact that that's Paul Green's last ever coaching experience. I absolutely fucking hate it because obviously New South Wales put on two big scores in game one and game two, but he did get the W in game three. So it did finish uh, with a silver line there. But I do feel like he was put in a really tough and a really uncomfortable uh, position in 2021. You're obviously going to take those opportunities whenever they come to you. You have to, and you have to try and do your best with them, which Paul obviously did. But I did feel sorry for him that entire series. And I, I just feel like the plan was always to shift Billy Slater into that role, but it didn't really make sense to do it after just the mission impossible year where Wayne Bennett pulls something out of his ass like Wayne Bennett does. So I did feel really sorry for Paul Green. I said that on the podcast. I sort of said all, all that entire series that I'm not sure if he's the exact right guy, but I think the right guy probably isn't ready for it just yet. And I think that that has been proven to be Billy Slater. So unfortunately his coaching career did finish in that fashion, but I mean, it's 2015 we're always going to remember, isn't it? Just an unbelievable um, grand final. And credit to him, you know, some of the decisions he made, you know, shifting Jonathan Thurston around the position he was playing, making Taumalolo, you know, a full-timer in that team, getting the very best out of him. Um, Unbelievable stuff. So, Paul Green, very sad news uh, in rugby league over the last 24 hours. As we said, guys, if you are struggling, reach out to someone, uh, mate, family, whoever it might be, send a a message to my Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, Yeah, very sad day for rugby league, but I thought it was a good opportunity to reflect on Paul Green, Uh, a guy that I probably, if you would have said to me last week, tell me about the career of Paul Green, I probably could have told you half this stuff, and I would have thought, oh, yeah, I know his career pretty well, but... Uh, to be able to sit back and reflect on it, watch some old highlights, uh, listen to some stories from guys that actually took the field with him. Um, yeah. Bit of a somber one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sort of lost for words, to be honest with you guys. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been great to hear those stories. A terrible story, obviously, and we do wish his family all the very best. We've got the Cowboys and the Roosters playing each other this week, which is just crazy how rugby league ends up sometimes. If I if I just say to you who are the two, or probably like three teams that I think of when I think Paul Green, Cowboys are one of them. The Cronulla Sharks, definitely one of them. Then I'd probably have the Roosters as well. So for two of his former clubs to be playing each other this week at the SCG, uh, which is probably for most of us the last time we saw Paul Green walking around the SCG at the Roosters v Warriors game a couple of weeks ago at the reunion of the 2002 Grand Final side so pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff uh we do you know send all of our condolences thoughts and prayers to uh the green family at this very very difficult time and uh hopefully rugby league can come together and hopefully it can also um push some tough conversations for 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 people that might be holding them back because that's the sort of resolution we do want to come off the back of these terrible tell of events but rest in peace to paul green had a lasting impact on rugby league and more importantly had a lasting impact on queensland rugby league what he did for the Maroons when he represented them and what he did in particular for the North Queensland Cowboys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Winning their first ever premiership. Uh, the Cowboys, they will win more premierships in the future, uh, but they'll only ever win it for the first time once. And Paul Green, he was the guy that led the charge to that premiership. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.